calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It is summertime and I can tell it's summertime because I've developed hay fever for the first time ever. And let me tell you, that is not enjoyable. Al, you can tell us all about how annoying hay fever is. Yeah, but how boring would that be? Uh, So I have suffered from hay fever my entire life. I once had it so bad at a Cub Scout camp thing. I rubbed my eyes to the point where they wouldn't open anymore, and I had to be kept inside the tent for two days. So that's how bad it can get. Well, yeah, I've just got a bit of a tickly sore throat, but I am uh, juiced up to the eyeballs on antihistamines. Joe, how are your eyes? They're fine. I don't, I, I don't really get like big hay fever stuff. I could get sneezy occasionally, but the other day I went to a doctor for something else, and they looked at my nose and went, "Oh, all inflamed. You've got hay fever. Let me prescribe you some steroids." <laughs> So I've got some steroids in my house that I have to shoot up my nose. But um, I looked it up and it says if you don't have hay fever, they can make your nose bleed. And I'm like, and I'm a bit like, I don't have any symptoms. So I don't, I feel really weird about using them. Like I might just like melt my brain I'd be tempted to leave it, to be honest. I used them for a couple of days and I was like, well, I don't feel any different two days ago. So I'm not going to, like, melt my own insides out just because a doctor said so. Uh, <laughs> so. They've gone straight onto steroids. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no I've got a bit of a headache. Just have oh, something weird. that's going to knock you out. It's like, Bizarre. oh, God. If you've got any uh, misprescribed medicine stories, send them into IGN. <laughs> I don't think we want to. I think even we don't want to hear misprescribed no. medicine stories. No. Uh, I do. Or, or, or have your eyes ever been glued together by your own uh, hay fever? I just feel um, like we'll be telling a lot of really sad stories. Like it's not like even no. nearly drowning at least has a definitely happy ending. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bad side effects is not but, i think what yeah. we need to get into but maybe they've been prescribed something that's made their lives better maybe you've maybe. got this is a window into our morning <laughs> meetings this is the kind of shit we're we're brainstorming this is the exactly. we're on fire uh, over it ign underscore uk feedback at ign.com for, for, for actually well for whatever you want really yeah. um this week we're going to be talking about all the stuff from the xbox showcase from last weekend also got a couple of films to talk about uh some jurassic world some Lightyear, 
uh, and a little bit of a maybe a deeper dive into one of the games from the Ooh. Xbox Showcase. Oh, what a tease! Um, let's get straight into it because I don't think there's any other place, place even to start than Starfield, is there? Because no. that's the big one. Do you know where Starfield oh. shouldn't have started? On a grey moon with framey combat. <laughs> that is that wasn't ideal, was it? Especially when you're watching it over a stream, which doesn't do it any more uh, yeah. benefits, if you know what I mean. Um, I say I did watch that presentation back in uh, 4K, and it does look much nicer. Yeah. Um, still a little framey, but um, I'm still there's still nothing about that presentation that made me go. This is not my most anticipated game. I I cannot wait for this game still. Um, just even like we said, the c- combat. Definitely a bit Bethesda y, definitely a bit framey. I think the shooting, a lot of people get on the shootings back, which I can understand because they don't have a history of like Fallout shooting is arguably the worst part of those games. Um, it's I not something that's historically. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the best thing they do. Um, I think this definitely looks like a step up. By no means, you know, is this reaching Call of Duty levels of shooting, but, um, it looks comparable to something like Cyberpunk to me, which I actually thought was very serviceable shooting in the end for an RPG like that. I like the skid. I like they've got a skid now. That's always good. Um, but yeah, I would, they did open with a combat heavy sequence, which I know did put a little poop a lot of people off because I don't think that's what people are going into Starfield. Maybe I'm speaking for other people. I'm not going into Starfield for a, for an FPS game. I'm going to explore the galaxy and yep. find everything I can in it. It's it was it's like I was being somewhat facetious. I think this I think it looks really good. I'm excited for mm. it. Um, I'm more excited for it, and I know this just sounds like cross pro, cross promotion, but genuinely, <laughs> Todd Howard's interview with Ryan McCaffrey that we aired uh, a couple of days ago. If you haven't mm. seen it. He talks about a lot of stuff, like he expands on a lot of stuff from that trailer that made me sound get even more excited. Like space combat, he went into about how it's like designed to be slow. It's not like a dogfighting game. It's a bit more strategic. There's a bit of FTL, mm. like managing systems and stuff. Um, you can dock people. You can steal other ships. It sounds like if you can get a crew, you can send your crew in, do kind of proper space pirate boarding and stuff. So there's lots of there's lots more to learn about this game than I think they showed. And I just, I do think it was a mistake to start with the bit they started with. I think if they mm. showed us New Atlantis and talking to people and those weird, like, it's weirdly nostalgic camera moves where it zooms right into someone's face as they look mm. into your eyes, um, like from Oblivion, I'm super into. Um, and, I and I know why they, and I know why they ended on the exploration bit, like the bit where it's like mm. you can explore a thousand planets. Um, Another thing that Todd Howard kind of eased my mind on with regard to that is obviously a lot of people like, oh god, a thousand procedural generated planets, what's the fucking Mm. point? And he kind of delved into the idea that there is a full, the biggest handcrafted Bethesda game ever made is in the center of this. And you can effectively just never leave that stuff. Like, quests aren't going to be uh, anything other than what they usually are. So you could yeah. just go from quest to quest, follow the main quest line, which is meant to be 40 hours by itself, or 30 to 40 hours by itself. Um, you can do the side quests, you can do the faction quests. And his idea seems to be basically like that the procedural stuff is more, if you get bored and just want to go look at something, it's not going to stop you from doing that. It's kind of the Skyrim look at that mountain, you can go to it on a galactic scale, where it's just... If you can see that planet and it looks kind of cool, just go and have a peek and maybe spend 10 minutes there and fuck off again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. that's a way more compelling, 
like I massively respect a lot of what No Man's Sky does and what it's done and what it's added, but it is it's the lack of a narrative through line that stops me from going back to it. And I like the idea that Starfield seems to be somewhere in between a proper old school Obsidian, uh, sorry, a <laughs> Bethesda RPG, and it has that kind of you know wide open aspect where I can find stuff that maybe no one else I know mm-hmm. has found, which I think is super cool. I like the idea of pitching it that way. I mean, you can also just build your own spaceships from scratch. I mean, if if I was ten years old and you gave me that just as a game on its own, I would have played it for about a hundred mm-hmm. hours just building spaceships. Like that is like that is the bit about it for me. Make and that's what Bethesda do, and that's what Todd Howard emphasised is we give you this game and then you make the game that you want out of it effectively. So you could just be someone who builds spaceships and just goes around other planets exploring and not even do any of the story, really. You could just, you could use it as an exploration game. I will do it for the story because that doesn't want to see the story. That is what I want to find out from it. Like, how much does it let you off the leash? How Hmm. much does it let you, you know, if combat's not very good, how much can I just not do combat? Can I, can I just be like, can I get out of most situations without having to do that? Um, or are there going to be places I can literally never get into because they are built around combat? Like, that's the kind of thing where you kind of... Which I know some, you know, some situations that would be fine. I don't mind that. But I, I want to know where we where we lie on that level of freedom in terms of, like, the character I can make as well as the stuff I can do. Yeah. Are you excited for it, Al? No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, so... I've tried lots of Bethesda RPGs from Oblivion mm. to Skyrim to Fallout 3 and 4 and I've just not clicked with any of them. Mm-hmm. I found, like, obviously Skyrim was the one that everybody uh, went on about for ages and I thought it was the most boring hour of gameplay <laughs> that I started with and and I just, I wonder what I'm missing out on or, you know, why is it that it's not clicking and, you know, could Starfield be for me? I don't know. Um, but then I feel so, like it could. I, I mean, you, I don't you like, like space, don't you? But I you do, do like sp- space, that, don't you? Yeah, you've got, I've, you've got I've, big Lego sets I've, of space I stuff. I do like space, yeah. Anything with the NASA <laughs> logo on it, I love. Yeah. But I don't like too much chat. And these games are full <laughs> well, they of chat. They do love, they do love chat. He says a lot on of chat. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a well, lot. It's, there's it's a, an hour, but like, you know, any game where you're. NASA. Well, but yes, but I'm not part of that. And it's certainly not something I would settle down for entertainment. Like when, you know, any, anything where the dialogue just goes on, like, um, uh, Horizon, I'll just like play that and all the different dialogue choices. I was literally going, just skip through it because I, I don't care. I do not care. Oh, that's a shame. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like this maybe it could click for you. I don't know. I'm I'm similar with Bethesda. I do I do love their games. Skyrim is something I have bounced off multiple times though. But that's just because I'm not as big into high fantasy as I am uh, post apocalyptic settings. I love a good post apocalypse me. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I just couldn't be more excited for this game. I don't know. It's just it's hitting all the marks for me. Which is, I mean, like this is probably like yeah. If you'd ask twelve year old me what game would I want it'd be a game where I could just explore loads of plants. Mm. And that was kinda half what No Man's Sky promised. But you know, you never had what we talked about before, that narrative element really, that mm. like top tier development. And don't get me wrong, Halo Games have done a, a great job with that game in the end. It's now a remarkable thing, I think, but a Bethesda tailored story in 
a whole universe effectively i just yeah i can't wait like i think the narrative would have to be the hook for me but mm. like having not got into those bethesda games like how do they rate in terms of narrative prowess for want of a better word compared to something like i don't know naughty dog i think the fall i think fallout 3 and fallout 4 have very good main narratives they're not like three more than four yeah yeah three three is for me the best story they've done um three has a proper personal touch to it which i like and that will be the interesting thing with this because all they've teased really about this is there's a you're part of a group of the last remaining space explorers um in a galaxy that's already sort of been colonized and they find some kind of material that they can't identify so i guess there's like a are there aliens in a human galaxy type thing Um, but it's got a bit of mass effect sounding stuff to it it's got a bit of almost a little bit of interstellar to it i'm guessing Mm. um but yeah if it's kind of fallout mix of interstellar that that you've sold me with that so yeah yeah, i'm hoping we get that i will Um, definitely give it a go and hopefully it will be the game that converts me yeah i hope so too um another bethesda game from arcane is redfall finally got a good look at gameplay from this it kind of looks exactly like i thought it would and that's a good thing i think because it's an arcane style left for dead game effectively but in a much more open world setting with all the cool sort of arcane combat mm. you'd expect um i know sadly matt's not on the podcast today but he did uh he did an interview with um God, what's his name harvey, harvey smith uh, yeah harvey yeah. smith um so he'd be able to speak much better about that than us but um well again yeah, again super, super worth reading matt's piece on it, this because it, it really um it really put my mind at ease that like because I, I don't like left for dead type games that's just not my deal okay. um big co-op pve stuff hasn't ever really grabbed me i like doing it every now and then the thing that got me with with his interview is how much harvey smith was like it's a solo game you can play the entire game as a solo game you don't have to do this you can this is an arcane game in a little open world do you want to play it with me i'll play a bit with you i just don't want to play it all with you <laughs> um but uh and also we can't share progress because it's all tied to the host's uh things yeah, we that also is annoying. um but but that that really put my mind at ease that this is this can be something for me like it's it's a vampire shooting it look it like it's kind of a Kind of odd when you think this was made by a completely separate studio to Deathloop, but they seem mm. to share so much in like tone oh, yeah. and look and style and like the cross pollination in that studio is is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. I just really, I'm just really embarrassed. I just did a big old Steve McManaman. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that, that annoys me to no end. So I apologise for that to everyone. Yeah, I'm, again, like I don't know what more there is to say, but I kind of feel like we didn't learn that much we saw the gameplay which is more reassuring than anything it mm. kind of reassured everything we kind of knew about the game which is a good thing um but yeah i, I just can't wait to play that one so really. much yeah, of arcane's fun. so much of arcane's games is the feel and the, and exactly. the moment to moment like it's kind of hard to tell what that's going to be i'm interested in the fact that it seems to have more bullet spongy enemies because uh, mm. that's not something arcane does very often um so that will be interesting to see how you know, using your powers and your kind of like that lateral thinking stuff that they do on enemies that yeah. take a lot more to kill. Um, that will be that will be kind of you, interesting. You kind of, I imagine you already kind of zoned in on being the cryptozoologist. That seems like of you. course, absolutely. <laughs> I I, I, although, to be honest, like as a solo player, I do wonder if he's a bit too supporty. Um, that's mm. the thing. I kind of want to get. I hope it has one of those tutorials where it passes you 
through each character and you get a feel for them all so yeah, that I can that kind would. of get a sense for it. Um, but yeah, I, he's, de- he's definitely of interest to me. Yeah, I want to snipe. <laughs> yeah. Let me snipe. Um, yeah, lovely. Um, next we've got High on Life, which is a brand new game. No one really saw coming, I think. Another game from Justin Roiland, who is of Rick and Morty fame. I will say this game does look really interesting to me. I'm not a big Justin Roiland fan. I don't really like Rick and Morty. I know you do, Joe. So I've, I've slowly tailed become, off? I've slowly become less into it over time mm-hmm. but I, I i loved it when it when it started yeah it's one of those games where i like the look of it from the trailer i don't know five hours in am i going to get really annoyed that my gun is talking to me constantly i'm kind that's the bit i like the most it looks like stranger's <laughs> wrath like having these living guns that seem to have like one thing i really liked is they talked about it's not going to have like massive narrative consequences but your guns will react differently to story events depending mm. on which one you're holding. And I like the idea that I'm going to get attached to one gun because it's funnier than the rest rather than like <laughs> better than the rest. Um, I, I'm super into the idea of this game. It'll be an emotional moment. You'll discard the gun and be like, oh, goodbye. I really forever. think they'll do that. I think they will take away a gun you've used a lot and like <laughs> it will scream and die or something. Um <laughs> I'm so, I'm really into the idea of this game. It's kind of come out of nowhere. Like they've never they've done they did accounting and Trova saves the universe, which were both mm. VR things first, right? And then this, I think Justin Roiland even said like this is our this is our big big swing for like a proper triple A or triple I, whatever you want to call it, like traditional shooter game. And I think it looks great. Like I got. A look at this behind the scenes a couple of months back and I've been really excited about seeing mm. this trailer and it kind of lived up to the promise. I, I I think it sounds like a funny concept and I like I like that there's like Metroidvania in it too, like going back to places using guns you didn't have before because you can get them in different orders and stuff. Like I think that's I think that sounds really cool. I just like that it's colourful. I'm always up for more games. So it's kind of the opposite of what we said about uh, Starfield opening with mm. the grey just like full on, just like splatters of color everywhere. Kind of a bit of Splatoon uh, going on as well. Like, yeah. Obviously, I'm into that. Al, a lot of chat in this, so I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Be your... There will be a lot of chat in this game. <laughs> I've been hammering the skip button all the way through this, and it's just not working. <laughs> uh, so I've but... never watched a single episode of Rick and Morty. Oh. So, like, do I. Is it a particular sense of humor for this that's kind of. Uh, it's quite a. Yeah. It was like, Rory's thing when Rory. Like, I remember he yeah. used to disappear to the studio to go and watch new episodes, and I was like, oh, "It's like it's very doing? hyperactive." Rick and Morty's made by two people, and I think it's a gelling of their two styles. Justin Roiland, very like hyperactive, extremely absurd, very like sci-fi obsessed, and I think the other side of Rick and Morty is like being very like quite dark, downbeat subject matter as like metaphor, and right. I want. I don't. It doesn't look to me like High on Life has that side of Rick and Morty. Right. So I'm expecting it to be like properly strange, like over the top, gory and profane. Um, yeah. Like I think they specific, it, to me, it look, I, I think I wrote this in my news story. It looks to me like an, like an 18 rated Ratchet and Clank, which I'm kind of into. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big time. Uh, we also got a release date for Overwatch 2. October 4th and now free to play the PVP mode um we also last night got a look at the full presentation mm. for Overwatch 2 I don't know if you've had a chance to watch this yet Al 
I've not seen it, unfortunately. Well, we can fill you in on all the details. Um, there's a beta coming in, mm-hmm. what, a week and a half now? Uh, nice. The 28th. Um, on PC and consoles, you can sign up for that, I believe, now. Yeah. Um, I, I actually haven't... I need to check back. Is it open beta if you sign up, or is it invite-only if you sign up? I think it's still invite-only. Mm. That's uh, That's me absolutely guessing i would guess it's it's still kind of closed but um even so september what uh, october 4th even it's not too far away i was not envisioning it being that soon i definitely thought it'd be early next year but um it's probably quite a good time for overwatch to come out overwatch to come out because there won't be a lot of new games around there and people might get back into it i have the answer for my question they are Go on. adding a small group of players when it goes live, and then they're going to steadily add more players over time until... So they're ramping up capacity. Cool. So it's a stress test. So it I will be it, invite, but it sounds like they're going to yeah. go big. And if anything, by the um, last beta they had, or the alpha, that was like three weeks long. So, it, yeah. you know, it'll be open for a while. Um, and I think if you already add access to that, you automatically gain access to the new one as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. Um, but yeah, Overwatch is coming. Overwatch 2 even. And... Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get really excited again now. Do you know they <laughs> still haven't properly said? Go on. They haven't properly said all the new characters will arrive for free. They've specifically said in that, that true. they've specifically said everyone you can expect everything in Overwatch One is in this game. They right. have never they have never said new heroes are free. coming just added to the game as part yeah. of this. Mm. It uh, does worry me a bit. I, I feel like at least to begin with, they will be. Free. I think. I think the brand new ones. I think so. They. They. So part of the. I think one of the more interesting parts of the announcement yesterday was they announced three new characters at launch. They've only announced two. One more mm. will be a support, and then they'll have another tank added in season two in December. So mm-hmm. we're we're getting at least four new brand new characters this year, and I would be surprised if they're not all free. Um, yeah. I suppose there's different ways of doing it. Obviously, there's a battle pass now, so they're going yeah. much more down the Apex or the Warzone route mm-hmm. with this. Um, obviously, di- Apex still make you pay well. for new characters. Yeah. Oh, loot um, boxes gone? Yeah, loot boxes are gone. Wow. It's premium battle pass, and there will be a store. So I guess the idea is that you'll earn currency, but that gets spent on specific stuff um, mm, yeah. or your battle pass. Yeah. Uh, and right. the battle passes I, are nine weeks long. I'm really hoping they... I don't think they will, but I really want them to f- copy Halo Infinite and do the thing where you can... If you pay for a battle pass, it's open forever and you can just finish it at some point down the that line. That would be good. Um, I do, yeah, I don't know if they will, but we can it. hope. I just... I think in a game like that that's all about balancing and all about meta, I think they will give people the characters for free. Yeah. I feel like... And I feel like there'll be such a big kickback from that as well in that game. It's unlike... A battle royale like Apex, where you know everyone fundamentally has the same weapons. It's just the extra abilities on top mm. that make the difference. Like having a full, like imagine like if you were just locked out and you had to pay ten quid because you don't have a have a Reaper a year ago, you wouldn't be able to win any games. Yeah, like, but it's... then so I I do think I do think they will be free. I'm not trying to scaremonger. It's just no, weird that they haven't said they it. They haven't yet. said it. Yeah. Um, one thing I really liked about this is they specifically said. Uh, they will be adding heroes every two seasons at a minimum. And okay. so we are, which brings it, so they're nine week seasons, which brings us to 18 weeks. Me and Cardi did a bit of research yesterday, and that is the cadence that they were at when the game first came out. So between 2016 and 2019, 
there was a new hero at least every 18 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were playing that early on, it really felt like we're constantly... It, you had time to get used to the old one, the new one comes yeah. in, they fit into the mm-hmm. meta. I thought it was a really good cadence. And then between 2019 and 2022, they released one new... Yeah. Uh, August 2019 and now, they released one new character, and it really felt stagnant. Um yeah. Especially as there's no new maps as well, which they will be. When there's not a new hero, those other ones, they will be adding new maps yeah. uh, and, and new modes, modes yeah. even. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm I, just excited. I'm intrigued. At, like, I thought, I kind of felt like maybe Overwatch 2 wasn't going to get me. Oh, I think mm. it's going to get me. <laughs> I think it's, I'm still, it's... from what I played in the alpha or the beta, I can't remember what it was now, a few weeks ago, um, I'm still not 100% sold on the 5v5. Yeah. But, that will probably work its way into shape somehow. I mean, we tend to play uh, naughty rules anyway. We just try to play quick play open queue. So mm. we can have as many tanks as we want anyway. But yeah, it did feel a little, I don't know, having just one tank on a team of five did feel a little bit odd to me. But I think it's, it was hard to tell if it was a better or worse game, but it's definitely a different game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can well, get I, back in. Absolutely. I was just about to say, it's like, it's obviously been a long time since we've played games at lunchtimes and overwatch was probably mm. the highlight for me like i enjoyed rainbow six but that is a punishing game whereas mm. you know you can have a bad game of overwatch and still not hate yourself yeah which which is nice yeah um i still I, i'm also super excited for pve like it's annoying yes. that it's been such a long wait that it will continue to be a wait that's now 2023 and they're doing it as seasonal content um right. again don't know if they've said whether that's free. I assume it would be, but I don't, I know. don't know. I feel like that might be that could be paid. paid. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, yeah. so a little bit like what uh, if if everything by what Blizzard do. It's kind of what Hearthstone do with their like single player like mm. stuff. They make you pay for that on top. I could see um, that. I'm not totally against that as long as it's good um, and as yeah. long as it feels big. Um, I don't know. They haven't mentioned the thing they were talking about a while back when it was still a paid for game and pve was coming yeah. as one thing where they were doing like they were going to do daily missions where it like remixes stuff and like mm-hmm. gives you different objectives in places you haven't been i really hope that's still there because i thought yeah hopefully they're still putting that in yeah. if they're smart they'll just build it in there's almost like a battle pass tier where it's like a net a premium one that includes this season's yeah. pvp content as well pve content even but yeah we'll talk about a lot more about overwatch 2 don't worry in the next yeah. few months which i'm sure <laughs> don't, don't worry a lot of people worry. <laughs> exactly turn a lot of people off but that's what we're gonna do um let's talk about some more games let's get through these because we are well we just love chatting don't we al we just love chat that is the best yeah pentiment mm. was a surprise new game and not a game you'd necessarily expect from obsidian who uh-huh. uh a big old RPG studio, but you'd expect, well, where's Avowed to begin with? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we got this instead, which is a hot, when you just get, it's a hard game to give a one line about. It's, it's like a mystery RPG game, but set on like a 2D almost tapestry. Well, it's set, it, the, a pentiment is, yeah. uh, an illustrated medieval manuscript. So when you see those, see the classic, if you think of an old medieval book, that's yeah. a pentiment, and you are playing in a pentiment. Essentially, you are one of those little weird medieval cartoons yeah, um, okay. solving solving mysteries. Uh, it's definitely one where on the Xbox stream you suddenly saw all the um, the more niche games journalists go. Well, that's game of the show, isn't it? I, and were you one of those, Joe? 
Uh, I'm definitely into the idea. I don't think it was game yeah. of the show, but I, I really like the I really like the pitch. Um, the art style doesn't necessarily do it for me, but I like the mm-hmm. I like this idea of. So you play. Uh, I think you're a monk. Are you a monk? <laughs> I feel like there. it's uh, basically for the UK audience. It's fucking CAD file. We're playing as CAD <laughs> file. Um, I think you're like a you're like a dude who's mental. I think gets you're, you're just an murder. artist. Aren't you? Are you an artist? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and your mentor gets accused of murder, and then it's a narrative RPG or a narrative game where you kind of work your way through. Um, and I guess you're trying to clear him of murder and work out who did it. But as the game goes on, you play parts of this dude's life as he gets older. So the idea is it's it's fucking Midsummer Murders as well as Cadfile, where he keeps getting <laughs> caught up in mysteries all through his life. Um and I just I love the idea of a little a little kind of lifetime of mystery solving from this medieval Absolutely. guy. There's That's just something the really appealing about how strange it sounds. It's gonna be on Game Pass, like it's a perfect Game Pass thing. Um exactly. and I'm delighted that Xbox are letting their studios do shit like this. Like it's cool. I'm a sucker for a murder mystery, and if if it's a good murder mystery, then I'll be into it. Like you said, the art style's not 100% my sort of thing, but mm. I'll quickly get over that if the story's really good and it, and it's fun to play. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, like, this, if you want it sold to you, you know, in a more gamey way, like, the dude leading this up, Josh, Josh Sawyer, is, like, lead designer on, New Vegas, on Fallout New Vegas. Mm. So he has, like, proper pedigree. This isn't just some, like young dude they've thrown a spin-off at in the in the studio. This is a a proper old school clever designer coming in and going, I just want to try something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And that is mm-hmm. that's awesome that we're letting people do that yeah, in, in this kind of situation. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, really cool. In f- in further news, Diablo four looks minging, doesn't it? Oh it looks it looks grotesque. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm not a Diablo person at all, and mm. the, this was one of my highlights of this show. I I love the. Look well, you of this love game. necromancy. You, you try it every week, and it never quite works. I love bones. I love bile, and I love blood. <laughs> That's the three Bs for me. Um, yeah. No, I'm just I'm super into how this looks. It's like a big open world RPG full of loot and big trolls carrying boxes that they're throwing at you and shit. Yes, please, oh, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, I played quite a bit of Diablo 3 but that's the only Diablo I've really played and I did enjoy it but I'm liking yeah the more grounded I say grounded there's nothing grounded about it is there but you know grimy mm. aesthetic to this one there's blood everywhere I'm I'm into it it just looks like stupid fun and this is one you will want to play with friends so you can oh, have to yeah, play yeah. this one with me Joe sadly I'm, um, I'm happy to yeah have you ever played Diablo Al? Do you know what I played it years and years I think it was maybe two mm. it's like mm-hmm. and so long ago that I can barely remember what I did in it. That's what happens when you get old. Your brain fades. It's all the chat. It just kind of blurs into it's one. Too much. My, my, my hard drive is full. Yeah. And there's was no it space during for anything that week more. where your eyes were glued together so you couldn't see Diablo and you're like, I think it's good. I think I was only probably about, it was Cub Scout camp, so I think I was eight or when that happened. So I don't <laughs> think it was then, no. No. Well. Probably playing Space Invaders or something like that. I, oh. like, honestly, I look at this lineup of the Xbox showcase and I'm just like, huh. I wanted to see, I just wanted to see more first party stuff like Fable and Rare's offering and, and I, I, you know, if they hadn't have bought, um, Bethesda, it would have been a very slim show. 
I mean, for, yeah. For I'm some. looking at it, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Them yeah. and their upcoming acquisition of Blizzard. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. And, and nothing against these games, just not what sort of tickles my fancy. So, what you're saying is you're not going to suddenly get big into Persona and play the 300 hours it'll take you to play through 3, 4, and 5? No. But, I mean, there is quite a bit of chat in that. To be- the chat would do your night in, actually. And oh, that, my but, God. Uh, it did my night. I can't deal with Persona. Really? Oh, I love it. No. Oh, it's good. But I don't mind it when the chat makes a point, but when it's <laughs> chat for chat's sake, oh, no. it's like, oh, this yeah, is come chat on. During the sake. battles in this, you will hear the same lines about 25,000 times. <laughs> Couldn't deal with it. Um, no. I'm not going to get into it because I'll just get loads of emails about how I'm wrong. But um, I will say this, the Persona stuff and the announcement that Valheim, that uh, massive Mm. PC early access thing which came in the Xbox Extended Showcase, are coming to Xbox. Just, like, this is just Microsoft continuing to be so fucking smart. And the Riot games as well. And the Riot stuff. Like, these enormous things and like the benefits like the riot stuff's wild because someone mm. tallied it up the the heroes they give you in league of legends for being on game pass if you bought them all in the game would cost you over six hundred dollars what and, like, ridiculous yeah and just for having game pass you get them all for six you get them all for free and it's that like insane isn't it they're just like the deals they're doing uh i know this is such boring chat but like as someone who has to cover the news this is the stuff where I'm like, fucking hell, they are smashing mm-hmm. it out of the park with these decisions. I, I'm just happy, more than anything, it's still a little while away that people will get to play Persona, because it's on Game Pass. It's the sort of game where I think a lot of people maybe look at and go, I don't want to A, pay all the money, and B, like, I know how long those games mm. are, I don't want to commit to that. But like, if they're on Game Pass, you can give them a go for a couple hours and find out if they're for you, because yeah. I think it will surprise people, because I'm not... like. Those games are some of my favourite games ever. And I'm not yep. a big JRPG guy. I'm not like a big Japanese animation person. Like, in theory, those games shouldn't be for me. But for some reason, everything clicks. Uh, maybe it's the chat. I don't know. It's definitely the music. And it's definitely the style of those games. Because there's nothing quite like them. But, Persona 5's yeah. music did my fucking head in. <laughs> Do you not like it? Oh, well, people, 4. 4's people is, it. Uh, yeah, is people talk better. About 4 I don't know. Um, yeah. 5... five was that was part of the reason I stopped playing diddly that game? Diddly diddly. Oh, it's uh, good yeah. stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, just that. Like, oh, it's just yeah. They're just it's just such a smart move. It's like they started this by bringing all those Yakuza games to Game Pass a couple, in 2019, and like they've just carried on doing these kind of super smart retrospective de- deals where they play on people's like fear of missing out. Um, and it, yeah, it's, they're really really clever. Like, honestly, Game Pass has been a godsend for my kids because you just literally scroll through and go, what do you want to play? And then get six games downloading mm. and one of them will stick. Yeah. And, and if you've gone and bought those games, you're like, well, I'm skinned. Absolutely. Although and what, is it? Ed, who is seven, wants to play every single 18 rated game under the sun <laughs> because their sort of thumbnails look the best. Yeah, it's like, yeah. he wants to play all of the Dooms. I'm not going to play. Doom. You're not going to let him try Scorn? No. <laughs> That doesn't look grim, uh, and, does it? And and unfortunately, yeah, that's the. There's probably a way of sort of like tailoring it so we can only see the shit stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he doesn't yeah. get to play any of that. Well, we've only got a couple more things to talk about from Xbox. One of them we don't even know anything about, apart from the fact that Hideo Kojima is making a game with Xbox. And the, that and the 
some subset of fans are really upset that he gets to make a game he wants to make that literally wouldn't work on PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, the, the reaction to this has been, from some quarters has been absolutely bizarre. Just, yeah, let him make what he wants. And you know he's know. making Death Stranding too. Norman Reedus said it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, you're not. It's and not he, as if he's giving up. Do we think this Xbox game is this? Is it Overdose? This game that yeah, no leaked? idea. Yeah, there was a leak of a game that starred Margaret Qualley. Looked like a horror game. Um, mm. Hard to tell. Like they said that this was super early in development, and that the leak, such as it was, sounded as mm. though the footage looked much more up to date. Um, so it kind of wouldn't surprise me if Overdose is... He talked a while back about making smaller games, and it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if Overdose is, like, a thing they made, you know, all relative terms fairly quickly. Um, yeah. Death Stranding 2 and whatever this Xbox project are are on the way. But I don't I mean, know for she, sure, to be She honest. was in Death Stranding. Is it, almost, it could be, almost be like a bridge game, almost. Uh, not to, you know, make a I pun on Death Stranding with the bridge stuff. The but, leak you know. suggested that it was not the same character. It was just the oh, same okay. actress. But I, I don't know. Um, who knows? Yeah. I'd love to see Kojima experimenting and doing yeah. different stuff. Like, yeah. and you know, Death Stranding was just a bit boring. The idea of a yeah. sequel, mm, like, yeah. go and do something completely different. He's, there are a few people that have the flexibility and freedom to have and money, to, uh, or yeah, carte blanche to do whatever. And he does. Mm. And if he, you know, I guess Death Stranding Two is probably a license to print money, but yeah. I'm sure anything that he sticks his name to will have that, to be honest. And like, the, yeah. for those who haven't seen it, basically he came on, he announced, I'm working on a game with Xbox and I'm using, it's a game I've always wanted to make but couldn't. And it's specifically using their cloud technology. And I know cloud gaming hasn't been like a super successful, in terms of game design, hasn't been a super successful experiment so far. But if there's someone who's going to do something really fucking weird with cloud gaming and yeah. like the power yeah. of streaming, from like super powerful machines somewhere else like it's gonna be kojima isn't it so i'm kind of into yeah. just seeing yeah. him fuck about for a bit as usual don't know if i'll enjoy the game he'll make but i'll definitely be intrigued yeah, every yeah. step of the way towards it um i know he's been around for a while and but like it absolutely like, when i looked him up the other day he's 58 yeah it's wild it's mad yeah you look at him he, he does not look it's the same well, with um him. sakurai who makes the, the super mm. super smash bros games he looks like he looks younger than me <laughs> and he's like he's like as old as my dad it's wild <laughs> i don't know what's going on but he's got there's, some sort of spell there's a, a hint of resentment in your voice there jay yeah <laughs> some aging hulk i don't know what's going on oh well just don't uh take those uh steroids you've been given Oh, yeah. Actually, maybe that'll maybe that'll fit. Maybe you'll de-age. Exactly. Maybe they'll de-age me by belting out all the bad bits, yeah. and you'll be able to create Smash Bros. If you want, melt yeah. out my bad bits. That's what I'm going to say to the doctor next time. My <laughs> oh, God, did they uh, um sort on a slight tangent? Did they de-age Aiden Christensen in Kenobi? I Ooh. wanted to ask that question. That I don't know one if they, scene where he I don't smiled. know if it was very subtle. Because yeah. when you when he first turned around, I was like, oh, my God, he looks really old. And then some of the other scenes, he looked more in line of how there's, he would have looked. There's one scene mm. where he smiled and I thought it looked fucking weird. And I don't yeah. know whether that's because Hayden Christensen's smile is creepy or whether it was yeah. the Uncanny Valley at work. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not too sure. Are we saying we should de-age Kojima? I don't, I don't think, think he needs it. it. Yeah. No, I'll page him if age anything. Him, age him, yeah. <laughs> age him. Um <laughs> Right, that's everything we're going to talk about from the Xbox Showcase, apart from one thing, <gasps> which is 
there was a new trailer for a Playtale Requiem. The mm. reason we say this one is because I've actually got to play an hour and a half of this oh, game. Oh my god! Oh, look at you. oh I know. God. Oh, oh sorry, not mine. Oh, god. Like... I should say Zutalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is a French game. Um, you've played the first one, Innocence, didn't you? Jeff? Didn't finish it. What but a sentence. I, yeah. It was one of those ones um, where I, I, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. I just turned it off and like forgot. Mm-hmm. I should pick it up. It's a good game. Mm. Um, have you played it out? I've not. No. I think I think you'd enjoy it. It's because uh, it's only what like eight hours. Mm. It's a stealth action puzzle game, and it's got a good story. And do you know what? Crucially, not a lot of chat. That literally ticks every single box. Yeah, so. yeah I think you'd go. like it. It's on. It's on Game Pass. It was also on PS Plus. Even so better. Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, because the first one was very good, and this one. Requiem, the sequel, only looks set to improve on it, I think, which is, it's, I mean, the first one was already a very good looking game, especially when you think about the size of the team and the budget. This is from Asobo, who weirdly are the same developer that make Flight Sim. They make Flight Sim and this, which are two very different games. Um, But yeah, Requiem looks absolutely beautiful from what I played, but also absolutely just harrowing because if you don't know the setting for these games it's set in a sort of a slightly sci-fi fictional version of the bubonic plague in france in the 14th century so it's you've got all the grimness of the plague but there's just a ridiculous amount of rats like in the first game they talked about the the tech they've improved in the first game you could get five thousand rats on screen at any moment in this new one you can now get three hundred thousand rats Jesus. on screen at any moment and let me see i've seen some things like a massive tidal wave of rats coming down a valley and it was horrible down um, a valley yeah down a valley it was like it was like they the described it brother as a- where art thou yeah they <laughs> described it as a rat tsunami and that was exactly what it was <laughs> yes <laughs> um but yeah it's just I don't I kind of don't want to spoil the end of the first game because there's stuff that happens that grants you new powers towards the end and new stuff in the new one and the stuff you can do with that in this version is very cool mm-hmm. um it adds kind of this one's going like the first game is quite obviously influenced by the last of us because you play as Amicia who's a young like uh, probably a girl in her late teens and you're kind of you're escorting your much younger brother through this world after a tragedy has occurred it's kind of got that last of us feel and this second one kind of builds on that more and it takes some of those last of us two bits as well like the areas are much more open they're almost like mini like stealth arenas so you can kind of pick your way through choose if you want to go violent if you want to go quiet whereas the first game is much more like much more linear there's kind of like one solution to most areas of how to get through this one feels a lot more experimental and a lot more you know you don't want to you know when you talk about stealth to use the words metal gear are kind of the highest tier but there's times where you feel a little tiny bit tiny bit like you're in metal gear but much more last was part two is where you're kind of crawling under things going through grass stabbing people in the neck all that horrible stuff um sounds brilliant but yeah, I think you'd really enjoy the. F- uh, if you haven't played the first one, I can't recommend it enough to people. It's a very good, like eight to ten hour story game. And the second one is coming at some point this year. We haven't got a release date yet. I think they said they're revealing that next week. Um, so keep your eyes open for that. But yeah, can't wait for that second one. And what I played, it just seems like the first one, but better. So yeah, I am going to play that game because yeah, of you your should. recommendation, Cardi. So there we I, go. I'll feedback once mm-hmm. I've. I would give that first game an 8 out of 10. There you go. 
Um, because there's one hideous section, and I will prepare you for this near the end. Brilliant game, apart from one section. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. There's a there's a section where you have to hide behind a cart and go along a road and kill some people while you're doing it. It's not a hard game. That took me near an hour just right, because yes. it wasn't it wasn't that well designed. Let's put it that way. Um, but there we go. Apart from that, brilliant game. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the second one also looks fantastic. So please be excited. You can check out my preview on iGen.com or yeah. on YouTube. There's a lot of yeah. shilling going on this podcast, isn't there? Well, we can't get people to watch us. What's the point of making it if no one watches it? Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Al. I went to the cinema this week. Uh, you did. And to see... I'm fearful. The finale of the Jurassic Park World saga. <laughs> And it's everything you finale, dreamt of, though, is it? Gonna well, of course a not. Thousand more of these fucking movies. <laughs> Can we go back to the park? <laughs> well, or even the world. I loved the, the original <gasps> Jurassic World because I thought it was it, good. It felt like you were, you know, there was a point to it. Yeah. Um, whereas there's no point to this film. It's literally <laughs> lots of people given lots of money to make a mess of a film. Frankly, <laughs> and. I, so I I'm going to give some mild spoilers because I have to provide context as to what's going okay. on. Because from all the trailers, it makes it feel like we humans are living alongside dinosaurs. Mm. And mm. that is such a small part of what this film is. And yeah. the T-Rex bit where it's in the drive-in cinema, not in the film. All of these cool bits that you see, not in the film. It's like, hang on a but minute, I feel a bit shortchanged by this. This is what I've heard because, like, I I am of in a small minority as far as i can tell of people who thought fallen kingdom was kind of okay uh i've I've since heard that (laughs) yeah people think it's just fucking dire and that's fine but that film ends with a very specific thing of the dinosaurs are in the world now we're gonna have to deal with this (laughs) from what i hear dominion isn't about that which is insane like the opening 15 minutes is with like news reports of I don't know dinosaur attacks and but actually they they put out a website um a teaser website a, a couple of months ago which had all of those clips in like you know sort of reportage mm. style footage of a carnotaurus attacking a uh, RV and shit like that anyway the real story is and again this is mild spoilers but I I don't think it's going to change your enjoyment of the film is they the the next bad company you know, the the one that follows oh, after Wingen. There's a bad, dino, a bad dino company. Is using dinosaur DNA, inputting it into locusts, which go and eat the the crops that are made by other people, but not the crops made by the bad company. Oh. And that's the fucking story. Does anyone ever look at a locust and go, clever locust? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. So this film that, is but... actually... Well, the locusts a, are, a, a are massive. <laughs> like, they're like small dogs. Yes, it's what? it's basically it's the threat of you know the world's food resource being controlled by one evil man, and it's just like I did not sign up for this. I wanted, to, and so obviously dinosaurs are in it, but mm. they it definitely feels like they're playing second fiddle to this other story. Uh, and how are the how are the returning cast? Is Sam Neil good at least? Uh, he's all right. Um, Jeff Goldblum is just even more of a caricature of himself. I, I, the yeah. problem is it just goes from one scenario to the next of like character in peril, character in peril. And it just feels like 
there's nothing to kind of continue all the way through. L- Laura Dern's always good. She's got to be good now, at least. I think Sam Neill's better. Oh, controversial. Um, um, but it, but also, like, it doesn't feel like the, the connection between old cast and new cast. There's yeah. no bond there. And it's just like, it's oh, no it's, Avengers moment where they circle like, around oh. them with a dinosaur. And like, it's like, oh, I read your book. It's like, oh, you're the guy that, you know, teaches raptors to do tricks or whatever. And, that, and that's it. And it's like, uh, but How like, odd. But whereas Top Gun, it, it felt like it was a. It ended yeah, up let's being talk a, about Top Gun. But yeah. it ended up feeling yeah. like a spy movie at times. Whereas mm. Top Gun did the Mission Impossible bit brilliantly. This does the spy thing badly. Uh, so. spy, it sounds an absolute like it sounds an absolute mess. Like they had the, and I know they're kind of different properties, but they kind of had the template for to these films in how well the Planet of the Apes films did it, like yeah. in a proper way, making really good films that also made well not quite anywhere near as much money as the Jurassic films, but. They could have done it properly. The thing is, the Planet but they of the seem Apes to have films, decided to not. The Planet of the Apes films have the common decency to not fucking constantly reference everything we've already seen. Mm. Like this feels, and Colin Trevorrow being involved in both doesn't feel like too much of a too much of a stretch. But like when you think about the Star Wars sequel trilogy, it's like Force Awakens and Jurassic World were both like extremely referential movies to the mm-hmm. first one. The yeah. second one was given to a director who was different and people yeah. fucking hated them because they tried something else. And I think Last Jedi is probably more successful than Fallen Kingdom, oh, at yeah. least in, yeah. you know, our opinions. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then it sounds like this third one is just like another director coming back from the first one to go, ah, yeah. forget the second one. Like, let me just do my own thing for a bit. And yeah. it just doesn't round out a trilogy at all. Like, yeah. I don't know why we keep making these fucking mistakes. Like, without spoiling it because i will i will see this film at some point just because i kind of feel i need to um but does it feel like an ending like is there an actual like bow wrapped on it Uh, well i you know i think it's hard to well it it, it doesn't answer the question set at the end of fallen kingdom put it that way um it just goes it tells a different story Mm -hmm. uh, and and a, a telling thing was about 20 minutes in ed leaned over to me and said where are the dinosaurs? <laughs> and for a Jurassic Park film, it's like, oh my God. That is crucial. Did he have a good time at least? Because he loves dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, but it ends on a big dinosaur fight. So obviously that was the, oh, his yeah. takeaway. So yes, he loved that bit. Although he's fine, fine, his favourite dinosaur, it didn't end well for that. Oh, but no. um, I don't know. Yeah, where it goes next, uh, I, for me, it has to be a reboot or, you know, going back to what that, Series just is leave all about. it. Just leave it. They, they're not going to leave it. They're not, but they fucking should leave it. Like, like th- this is the, the problem. Is unlike Star Wars. Well, actually, no. Unlike Star Wars, there's only been one good, actually good Jurassic Park movie. I mean, yeah. There's one masterpiece. I think Jurassic World. I think Jurassic World is all right. I enjoyed that enough. No, I like. But I, yeah, the I other four. World was all right. Yeah, yeah, the other ones. No, no, no thank you. Just, just leave it alone and pretend yeah. none of the others came out, please. It would be great. I, like yeah. I'd forgotten how bad two is. Jurassic Park two. Mm. Like I actually prefer three to two. How much? How much you want to bet now? I will put down. Five British pounds that the next time we have a Jurassic Park film is a time travel film where someone goes back to the time of dinosaurs and has to survive there. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. And so I will take that. Five, five British. (laughs) I don't know how long we'll be waiting on that, but we'll, uh, we'll see it at some point. British pounds. That is absurd. (laughs) Um, my, uh, my favorite reaction to this film 
so far has been a friend of the pod, Daniel Cooper, just texted me after he saw it and said, not only is it embarrassing, I was embarrassed watching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he sent me a very similar thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll rush to see this one. No. I don't even know. No, I think I'll probably be embarrassed watching it on a plane by the sounds of it. So, uh, plane, yeah, plane yeah. is the only place I can think. I was going to say, I would say it's a perfect plane film because you can yeah. just check your brain at the door, but don't go in expecting to see as many dinosaurs, dinosaurs as you would expect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Locust world, <laughs> fantastic. Um, I saw Lightyear, which is the new Pixar film, the uh, kind of spin-off of Toy Story, mm-hmm. which. I mean, Toy Story. There's not many things more important to me in my life than Toy Story. It is baked into the core of me. Damning um, indictment of your life, but continue. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Toy Story is everything. Um, Mr. Pricklepants. Yeah, life. I was going to say, which oh, character yeah. do you most associate uh, Mr. with? Mr. Pricklepants um, is a, a particular favourite. Um, but he was only in like three and four. Yeah. But um, it was always the aliens for me. I love the aliens. Mm. They're, they're fantastic. I was always, oh, was I always? So I never know if I did have a favour over Woody or Buzz. But um, turns out we've got a Buzz Lightyear film first, so maybe mm-hmm. he's more popular than Woody, or maybe that's just a much more interesting film to make a spaceman film than another cowboy film. Um, if you don't know what Lightyear is, it's it's nowhere near as complicated as I think people think it is. Basically, Lightyear opens with a text slide that just says, "In 1995, a kid called Andy." watched um watched a film that became his favorite film um and bought the toy from it and then it just says this is this film so what you're watching here is supposed to be a 1995 film that andy from toy story watched and went i want that toy from Mm. that film um and you've got chris evans doing quite a good tim allen impersonation in this it's quite obviously still chris evans but it's enough like buzz lightyear that you you basically kind of forget Mm. Um, it was a very good job and this film is I wasn't disappointed it's it's just good and it's a good enough film I think, I've seen some reviews which have been like one star which I think is a bit pathetic it's not a one star film it is a pathetic. good film it's, it's, <laughs> to give this film one star it's like this is you can say one star it's an absolute mess it doesn't work it's like there's no like nothing happens like like this Pixar not are not going to put out a one-star film. No, this is no. like a three-star film for me. This is a perfectly good film. And the way I put it was, if this film came out when I was eight, I would have absolutely loved it, which is how I kind of feel. Like, I watched it at the age of 30 and thought, this is good. I had a good enough time. Um, yeah, three stars. If I was much younger, I would have absolutely loved it. You've kind of got the story of... So it's kind of the origin story of Buzz Lightyear, really, who... Is trying to tell who Buzz Lightyear is. Is the space ranger who uh, Honestly, gets caught in an adventure. The phrase, the origin story of Buzz Lightyear, makes me fucking catatonic with boredom. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Uh, please go on to tell us about this film, but honestly, I, you're going to have to do so much work to make me give a single um, shit about it. Well, it kind of the first. I think the first half of the film is quite good, and then it kind of trails off into quite generic stuff it kind of hits all the pixar beats we've seen before sadly which have done been done a lot better in other films um it kind of does the up thing it kind of does some toy story stuff unsurprisingly um and it also weirdly the first 15 minutes is basically interstellar um (laughs) is that soldier (laughs) is that it doing the up thing via interstellar kind of so basically uh, this is the first five ten minutes this film um Buzz and crew are stranded on this planet 
and their ship breaks and in order to get off this planet they basically need to fix their light speed hyperspeed generator thing so he has to do flight tests to do this but it turns out every time he does one of these tests he's been up there for two minutes but like five i can't remember how many years it is like four years has passed back on the planet right so he does a lot of these tests in a row and people around him get older and older and that's where those sort of moments come from right. and then suddenly yeah he goes he does it one time and he goes back and something drastic has changed. So that's where the story really begins. There's this right. cowboy in his room. <laughs> no. Well, if you know Toy Story, you probably know who the enemy is going to be uh, mm. of Buzz Lightyear. But it kind of does that. It's kind of... The first stuff I enjoyed, because it was, it was doing that sort of stuff, but then it kind of just turns into kind of a quite mediocre space film like it's not that interesting like it yeah. just riffs off of like star wars there's a little bit of, like Terminator. there's like a little bit of like it kind of is almost too referential for all the stuff you don't want it to referential like there's not really any toy story references and i know it can't really reference it because it's meant to be the film in that universe they're mm. watching yeah. but i would have loved like i don't know some more stuff like that it's it's good enough i think if you're into toy story you'll enjoy it if you're a young child I don't know why you listen to this podcast. Uh, turn it off, but um, you'd also enjoy it. Well, but... so there was a trailer for it before Jurassic World, and there was yeah. literally not a glint of excitement on Ed's face. But uh, you he tell me he's like, into dinosaurs. Uh, he's not into space, which is sad. Yeah, but like, still, I feel like if that was on Disney Plus day and date, mm. he would have watched the first fifteen minutes and then gone on to something else. Yeah, that feels maybe. that film. I just don't see the point in it. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it's kind of, you've seen it all before, sadly, I think. Which, yeah. What, yeah. what happened to Pixar then? <laughs> like, what's well, going on? Well, I mean, Turning Red was amazing. I oh, thought. to be fair, I haven't Turning watched Red that. was that's good. Fair, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like, they've, I feel like some people have been like, oh, they've lost all their creativity. I don't think that's fair. There's still some very good stuff. I, I maybe, really love Soul. I thought Soul was amazing. Maybe the problem is that it's not they've lost their creativity, it's that they're not just turning out super creative stuff every well, that, time. Yeah. But that's like, it. There they seems used to, to be, there seems film, to be breaks. But they, they, yeah. they've, they've become a bit of a machine mm. now, whereas, you know, a new Pixar film was an event, and now it's just like, oh, there's another one, and another yeah. one, and another one. And I, I mean, I still haven't watched Luca, it. and I was really excited for that. And that kind of just passed everyone by, I think, because that was date, that was just digital. Like, yeah. It's good. Yeah, like, yeah I, I do want to watch it. I, Ed loves it. Um, yeah. But yeah, mate, like... I think, like you said with Disney Plus, Lightyear is definitely one. Wait till it's on Disney Plus. Give it a watch. You might, you might have a decent time. Like, it's by nowhere near Pixar's best, but I also don't think it's a bad film. Like mm, some people no. have put it, made it out to be. But yeah. Anyway, oh, that's a lot of content. A Damn lot of content that. on a podcast. That is. Should we do a quick and a search? Yeah. Inside, it's a UK Algerian crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? I'm doing the game this week, and it's a slight variation, a very slight variation on the game <laughs> we've been playing for weeks because we like it. Um, which is the one-star review game that has a thousand different names. Uh, and as we have been doing recently, we have a number of suggestions for what that name could be. Um, if you haven't listened, and I know Al doesn't know what this game is, uh, 
It is a game in which we read uh, very low-scoring reviews for very beloved things. Uh, okay, I'm being I'm being vague there because previously we've done it for films. I'm going to do it for games. But before we get there, we've got loads of people telling us what the name of this game should be, as we've had for weeks at this point. <laughs> Aid from Lanarkshire says, "I am DB. I am the best." I am the oh, best. I am the beast. I am the beast. <laughs> this works on various fronts. First, in echoing the presumed narcissism of vocal idiots who clearly believe I am the best critic of classic films. <laughs> Alternatively, the simple suggestion that the critic in question represents the beast of IMDb <laughs> lurking in the recesses of intellect, honing their miserable and horrific takes. Uh, I... I like presented. I like the theory behind that one a lot. I'm just I'm worried. Even Joe there, when it was actually you know spelled out for him, had I am trouble de-beast. saying it. I, I am like, de-best. Yeah. There's it's just there's there's a lot of readability questions, a lot of issues. Mm. <laughs> on a, on a... I don't. Well, I by no means hate it though. No. It's, it's good good theory. John from Mansfield says, "My name idea for the endless search of the of the endless search game name is the Lone Star Hate." Probably no good on a UK pod, I guess. It may have already been said too, and I missed it. If so, I'll see myself out. Uh, Fair enough. I don't, um, I don't know what it has to do with Texas. Um, but no, but it, kind of, it works as a pun in a way. It's one, you know, someone hate. hating. Does yeah, yeah. if it was just about yeah. Texan films? Then Again, maybe. in theory, um, niche. Yeah. I would say if yeah. it was yeah. just about Texan films. Yeah. Johnny Taylor says, "Right, I would never normally write in." <laughs> Well, it sounds like an angry thing to say. I'm more of a lurker, if you will. But this time, I just had to break my one rule. That's your one rule. Don't write into the IGN UK podcast. It's a good rule. Why? Because every time you play the IMDB one-star game and you debate what it should be called, I am enraged. There is a clear name for this game. It is IMD Beef. <laughs> Respect the sea and gravediggers everywhere. Uh, I'm always up for beef being included well, in things. Well, this is the problem, because I'm about to ruin the fabric of the IMDb oh, no. games by referring instead to Metacritic, because I have switched to video games for this oh. week's version of the game. These are negative user scores on Metacritic games in the top 100 all-time games on Metacritic. Mm. So we have a limited pool. Uh, yeah. You will know at the very least all of these games. I believe, I would imagine, both of you have played all of them. Okay. Okay. Mm, with the with the exception of one, but you'll definitely know what it is. There'll right. definitely be some madness here because, don't know, just from anecdotally and from my experience, people who like to give video games one stars are a lot more insane than people like to yes. give films one stars. There's a different tone to these. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Where, a lot angrier. Where the film criticism ones tend to be people like showing off how clever they are yeah these are people showing how stupid they are <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's good i like it right um okay game, game number one. Oh, and as always we read five clues with a decreasing number of points for getting a correct answer mm, on each okay. clue okay all right these are real reviews some lightly edited to preserve the innocent yes. <laughs> um <laughs> Game number one. Mm. This is a one out of ten review. Uh, it's translated from Russian. Okay. Oh, where's this go? It says you will f- you will just fucking jump and die, and the gunfights <laughs> will be like in the games of the two thousands. That's Google Translate, so I'm sure it's more eloquently written than I've said it. Jump and die. You will just fucking jump and die, and the gunfights will be like in the games of the two thousands. 
Doom uh, 2016. Incorrect. The Last of Us. Incorrect. Uh, we'll do one guess per, per clip. Yeah. Okay. Keep it rolling. The next is a two out of ten review. So they liked it very slightly more. <laughs> oh, okay. Since I played the first game, I couldn't quit thinking about how great its sequel would be if they fixed the controls and added multiplayer. To my surprise, I thought the sequel was much worse. All you do in single player is climb. This game is broken. Multi- All you do is climb. Red- hmm. mm, you don't climb. I'm going to go for Red Dead 2 still. No. You don't climb. So I don't know why I said that. Uh, the Last of Us 2. No. <laughs> okay. This next one. Climbing the ladder. Three out of ten. Is that this it? Game, no. Oh, this game is very polished in almost every aspect. The graphics, the cinematic cutscenes, the voice Three acting, the story. The only thing it lacks is an exciting gameplay. Which is why Horizon I... Forbidden West. No. Which is why I give the game such a low score. Sure, it has a combination of puzzle solving, shooting, platforming, online multiplayer, but none of them are really interesting, in brackets, to me at least. Overall, this is a ridiculously overrated game with mediocre gameplay. I've had my guess. God, it's a good guess as well, Cardi. Puzzle solving, shooting, platforming, online multiplayer. multiplayer. They're the online... Oh, I think I know what it is now. Oh. I have to wait to the next one. Uh, I don't know what it is. Go on to the next one. Okay. This one is one out of ten again and has one of the wildest sentences I've ever read in one of these things. <laughs> do, I, uh, do I guess now? No, I'll go on. To me, this game was the franchise's chance to wow me into buying it all for myself. And I've got to say, I sure have been cherishing my unspun- <laughs> unspent money ever <laughs> since. <laughs> The main character is such a safe white bread cutout, he could be in a Disney movie. The main vi- This is the sentence. This is insane. The main villain himself was a cartoon, constantly sputtering something about the greatness of Hitler and Genghis Khan. Names which, in Canada anyway, mean absolutely oh. nothing. <laughs> Far Cry 4. No. What? Uh, also, sorry, in Canada the names Hitler and Genghis Khan mean nothing? <laughs> what's going on in Canada? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I'll continue. The story was only there to lead you from pretty colours A to pretty colours B, and those colours go bland after even half an hour, if you're masochistic enough to go through that horribly broken stealth section. In short, I don't recommend, recommend it to anyone in particular, not to cinephiles, and certainly not to gamers. Oh, I've completely... T- I thought I knew what it was before that, and then I changed my answer, and now I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> uh, see, I'm going to say Far Cry 6. No. Oh. Okay, final one. We're up to 4 out of 10. It's so close to not being oh. angry about this. This game is definitely a step up and an improvement from the actually joke of the first game. But it still manages to be an overall awful game. I'm convinced that Naughty Dog does not playtest their games Uh, at all. The puzzles and platforming feel like a chore. The combat is equally as bad as the first game. There is no... It's just Uncharted 2. It has to be Uncharted 2. It's Uncharted 2. There is no improvement with the combat whatsoever. And the bosses are an actually sick joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I wanted to torture someone, I'd just make them play this game. Imagine being angry. Uncharted 2. <laughs> uh, okay, that so bizarre. that's one point for Cardi. Oh, thank you. 
Honestly, I, I just want to reiterate, someone in Canada doesn't think Hitler means <laughs> anything as a name. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> nah. Me. Okay. Game number two. This is a one out of ten review. It's short mm. and sweet. Will a game with a story please stand up? Please stand up. <laughs> oh, M&M wrote this. Yeah. Is that it? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, uh, the first one's always going to be hard. It's not Breath of the Wild. Do you think that's not got a story, Al? And lots uh, of people don't think it's yeah, got a story. I, I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Overwatch. No. Zero out of ten review. Zero. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Say what? <laughs> Number two game of all time. I remember having fond memories of it, but taking off those nostalgia goggles leaves me with a glitchy and buggy mess. Nothing about it is memorable, and there are way better games made after this that should be rated higher. He's probably right. Portal um, 2. No. Hmm. Ocarina of Time. No. <laughs> I don't know. To, to, to make clear, this is the number two game of all time on Metacritic. Okay. Oh, okay. Which we have covered before on this yeah, show. I feel so. like maybe Ocarina's one. This is another zero out of ten. And guys, it comes from an account called Obama underscore official. So oh, okay. we've got <laughs> some we go. gravitas. We've got the official review. This game is so bad that I even made a diss track for it. <laughs> Why can't this we does, play that? <laughs> this does not yeah, he doesn't link to it. This does not deserve to be number two on Metacritic. It even reuses a game engine, not adding much new. How can a game with not much originality be considered as the second best game of all time? This makes no sense, and I need someone to explain to me why this is number two. Reuses a game engine is the bit. Uh, It is not GTA 5. Just to make clear why that was the third one, because obviously it goes on a lot about number two. (laughs) Is that Red Dead 2? It's not. I mean, saying that game to have a story would be mad. Okay. Uh, I would say there's a lot of these are mad, but hey. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did you guess Al just then? Sorry. Yeah, I said GTA GTA 5. We're up to a three out of ten, guys. Oh, okay. I didn't find much enjoyment in it. It gets (laughs) dull after playing it once. Replay value is huge in video games. Doing tricks wasn't all that enjoyable. It's pretty overrated, in my opinion. Oh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2? It is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. <laughs> Number two yeah. game of all time. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I do also, think that's someone, someone's criticising it for having no story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no replayability. Yeah. Uh, I'll just quickly read. Oh my um, God, I want to hear the diss track on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I'll quick. I'll quickly read the start of the final one because it's insane. Yeah. Two out of ten. Whether it's ollieing over the homeless, murder victims, <laughs> or riding through literal animal excrement, this game fails to pass itself off for little more than digitized urine. <laughs> oh There's a lot more after that. Oh God. Okay. Very good. That's Cardi 3-0 so far. Yeah. Lots to play for, boys. Game number three. Zero out of ten. Game had shit for graphics. <laughs> no gore. <laughs> and it lagged a lot. Really big piece of flaming overrated shit. Uh, no gore. No lagged. gore. <laughs> uh, Doom 2016. 
No. That is gore. I mean, come on. I know, but people will not think it's gory <laughs> yeah, enough. Uh, Modern Warfare. No. Another zero out of ten. One of the most overhyped games in existence. It's got bland gameplay, absolutely terrible combat mechanics, and runs at a staggering 20 frames per second. <gasps> what runs? Overwatch? No. It runs at 60. I know it does, but I can't trust anything these people say. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil 7. No. Another 0 out of 10. Not as great as I'd hoped, but not too bad either. 0 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely use a guide, because the game is not friendly to modern players. It can be very frustrating at times. Definitely play it with save states, if possible. Mm-mm-mm. Save states. Uh, Bloodborne. No. Modern players. Uh, let's go Metal Gear Solid. No. Good. Good. Uh, mm. Good. Good check. Three out of ten. Played this back in 1999. Bought into all the hype. Color me bored. Fun lasted all about one day, then things got really repetitive. I hated learning to playing the songs, dealing with cartoonish characters. Oh, oh and Done it. Why didn't I? <laughs> dealing with cartoonish characters and unexciting action. Uh, no gore. Yeah, no gore. <laughs> um, Zelda doesn't need more gore. What the expectations is... do you have going into this game? And that's your arena of gore. Yeah. <laughs> the final one is just just someone being wrong about Ocarina of Time. It's not even. It's not as funny. It just gives away what it is much, okay. much more. I needed the final one. That is two points. Well, it's three two. There are there are Gorons. There are Gorons. Oh. You're absolutely right. Oh, there you go. Maybe you made a mistake. A typo. I didn't see the Gorons. No Gorons. To <laughs> <laughs> go up, walk around. Whatever it is, Goron. <laughs> Mount Goron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly said the name of this game. Game number four. Uh, three out of ten. And this is from a very long, very long review. But <laughs> at the very start, someone gives it a tagline. So I'm going to read oh. you the tagline. And it is, Most overrated RuneScape clone, hyped up by people who hate the fact that GTA and Assassin's Creed are popular. Dark Souls. No. World of Warcraft. No. Oh. <laughs> Three out of ten. I'm worried that people think I think Dark Souls is a RuneScape clone. Well, I'm trying like to go into do. the minds of people. Three. It's method acting. Three out of ten. <laughs> this game. This game has nothing more compared to previous games. Why keep lying to ourselves? After all these years, this what we got. <laughs> <laughs> Why keep lying to ourselves? Elden Ring. It is Elden Ring. <laughs> Nothing more well, compared to previous games. Uh, it is just a RuneScape clone. Um, uh, yeah, just just gonna quickly go through. Uh, I just I like one person going. I got punked by all the game reviewers. Um, Breath of the Wild did everything this game did, but was actually fun. And then I'm going to read you the final one because it is insane. This is a chopped down version of someone's four out of ten review. This is in quotes. When you've finished your fourth Black Forest Gatto, here, have another and try not to puke. 
and then it goes into the actual review. <laughs> Putting five to ten hours into this game gave me both a skinking sense of deja vu. He says skinking. And the feeling of forcing myself to eat fistfuls of overly sweet cake. Mashing together your previous four games and adding a horse is in no way innovative <laughs> or good by any metric. This is one of the laziest masterpieces I've ever Lazy. seen. It Lazy. used to be fun, but it's just the same bland thing over and over again. Utterly sickening. I hope you like cake and then more cake <laughs> after a palate cleanser of cake. All washed down with a warm glass of cake, chewed up and regurgitated into a pint glass by Hidetaka Miyazaki. <laughs> God, I do, I do like cake. <laughs> the ramblings <laughs> of a madman. That's actually truly frightening. <laughs> uh, Can we get in contact with some of these people? No, no. I don't want to. <laughs> that's do like uh, that's seven two. Al, oh, you need to get it on clue uh, one to draw it up. Well, I know you had a good oh. one there, Cardi. Here we go. Game number five, zero out of ten. This game is nothing compared to the adrenaline-fueled graphics bomb we all know as Halo 3. Halo 3 is the only thing on the 360. If you want games like this, buy a Wii, because Wii is great for these casual games. Gears of War. It's Gears of War! (laughs) Get in there! What? Nothing said in that was anything remotely. Well, I was trying to think of a poor man's Halo. Game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we might have casual. To... Are we doing a? Are we going to do a tiebreaker? I'll just I read some know. more of these. Uh, this game is full of shit. Go right in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got it from that. I love this. All you Xbox 360 fanboys look like the main character's screwed up wife. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, I'm happy to shake on it as a draw if you are, Al. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, a fair yeah. outcome. Because great. to be honest, you were fantastic. I just got a bit and of you luck were at the end. I'm a nice person. You're a mean person. I'm a competitor. Yeah. I've got two more, two more small <laughs> bits to read out from this that I just want to cool. get out there for Gears of War. One of this. Half the budget for this blockbuster must have gone into bribing reviewers to give good scores. Well, oh, Microsoft, yeah. you can't get to me. Uh, and um and this one a zero out of ten i'm pretty sure this is a joke but i really enjoyed it it is unbelievable how some sickos out there put a random chainsaw on a gun (laughs) just for the purpose of seeing blood squirt everywhere my son who is six years of age went to his friend's house where he watched his boy's brother play the game my son came home with the friend and started to pretend to chainsaw each other. <laughs> they were yelling and screaming and also swore lots. My son said, sup, bitches, to his friend. <laughs> this is absolutely insane. <laughs> Who the heck puts that dumb chainsaw in the game? This person must have just got out of jail. Unbelievable. But overall, great game with great graphics. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed, is, he's never played Gears of War, but he does have a chainsaw and he pretends to cut people's legs off. He has so. a chainsaw? Well, it's not a real one, it's a toy one. I know. <laughs> he loves loves chainsaws. Well, I don't know where kids get it. Has from. he seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? He hasn't. Get him on no. that. He probably it's the sort of thing as we're going scrolling through Amazon Prime or whatever. He's like, can I watch that? No. Mm. He might love it. Mm. He might love it. Maybe yeah. when he's older. Oh. There we go. Leatherface is good time. for all kids. Is what we've learned today. We've got two more pieces of feedback. Mm. Uh, Al. I have an email from Tyler Stevens who says, Afternoon, beautiful people. Off the back of Cardi saying he gets a couple of hours in, oh, sorry, he got a couple of hours into Akami, but no more. 
Are there games that you picked up and started multiple times but never managed to finish? For me, it's any GTA or RDR, Red Dead Red Redemption. Dead. Uh, I just can't get any more than halfway through because there's usually a lot of things going on in the games and I have to start again to remind myself. I did have that with, I think, Red Dead, is that if you stick with it and you maintain mm. that cadence, then mm. fine. But when you come back to it, it's like, Oh my god! What am I actually supposed to be doing? Oh, Where are things? Uh, and, oh soak, soak me in it. I, I could eat all that cake. <laughs> Jesus, um, soak <laughs> me in it. <laughs> He finishes saying, also hoping for, well, actually, let's answer that first and I'll go back to this bit. So, oh, well, well, I kind of redid it last week. Like, Akami's one I know I should love, but I just, I've tried so many times. Well, not for me, me. every single Bethesda RPG. Uh, There we go. Uncharted Uncharted 3. Oh, there we go. That's a good one. Just can't do it. Yeah. Did you finish Uncharted 4? Yes. That was a long old drag. That was a big old thing. I think they just get better as they go. I think three's better than two. Ooh. There you go. There's my hot, spicy get one. Hot yeah. um, he also says, uh, hoping for some recommendations after Joe was talking about Heaven's Vault. Are there any clever games like Heaven's Vault or Oberdin that require a bit of brain power, uh, but have a great feeling of achievement and discovery? Well, that's me out the door for recommendations. I like my games with no brain power. If you haven't played Outer Wilds, Outer Wilds is the correct answer to this question. Um, mm. that is that is the ultimate for me we were talking about uh, before this podcast we were talking about her story and telling lies yeah they're quite quite clevery yeah I think uh, cer- certainly like the feeling of discovery in her mm. we were talking about this before because I'm playing telling lies for the first time at the moment and enjoying it but I kind of like her stories like more contained narrative a little yeah, more yeah me too um, and her story I think once you get to the discovery at the centre of that it feels like because it's such an open way to play if mm. you do it I know some people have got to it really easily and it kind of ruined the game for them. <laughs> almost if you're not clever enough for it at the start or you don't get lucky, it's almost better for taking that little bit longer, that like roundabout route to get there. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's Immortality, which is Sam Barlow's next game, coming out mm-hmm. soon-ish, I think. Yes. I'm not 100% sure. I had, a, I had a couple for this list. Uh, Paradise Killer, that'll make you feel oh, quite smart. Oh, yeah, I love that game so much. Um, the I'm always going to say The Witness because that is a game that will make you feel smart if you mm-hmm. work it out. Um, you you're not necessarily discovering story. <laughs> and then do you know what? My last one, bit of a old school choice, and I know it's a game that actually a lot of people hate, but do you know what? It's on Game Pass and Game Pass even and remastered is the original Mist. Oh, I knew you were going to say Mist. Mm. It's so shit. <laughs> It's Mist not. is such a bad, boring no, game. No, it's not. Look, I can't help well, you're uh, an idiot. People who <laughs> like Mist. I don't know. I am beef fodder. <laughs> good, good recommendations and one not so good one, shall we? Oh, say. Mist is. If you if you work Mist out, you will feel like a genius. I will I, say I, that. I will say I know I complained about it on here for other reasons, but if you can stomach the combat in Tunic, the actual big mm. overarching puzzle of that game is is genuinely amazing. Uh, I just a little bit like Fez as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but I think Fez is more fun to play. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, I would say that's a uh, that's what if you're into the combat. There we go. If you want to feel clever, give those a go. Uh, I've got one last piece of feedback, which you can always send to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. Let us know what your favourite cake is. Um, I've got an email here from Gareth from Edinburgh. He says, "Hi guys, long time, first time, etc." It strikes me as weird that the Prince of Persia series has not been resurrected recently. 
even if it is just for a series of remakes, they're trying, they are trying, mate. Uh, it's going horribly wrong. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on why this hasn't happened? And are there any games you are surprised haven't been brought back in some form? Ooh. Keep up the good work and respect the mother effing C. Um, I mean, yeah, Prince of Persia, I don't know what's going on with that remake. <laughs> I d- well, yeah, the started re- it again, again. Let's, 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 let's just avoid the remake. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. But in terms yeah. of, in terms of the series itself, I just feel like it's too close to Assassin's Creed and they don't want to cannibalize their yeah. own stuff. Yeah. Like they're too, I mean, this is a problem with Ubisoft in general, I think these days is like they're so regimented around what each franchise can and should do that it feels like mm-hmm. they don't allow those experiments in the same way. And I just think Prince of Persia is too. It's too. It's a limited version of Assassin's Creed in a lot of ways. Yeah. In in that like in that broad sort of corporate style of thinking, I would say. Mm-hmm. Any series you're surprised haven't come back? The one that always bugs me is Burnout. I want a new Burnout game. Yeah. I see, yeah. like especially in the Xbox stream when they were showing all that like damage tech on the Forza game, I was just like, well, imagine a Burnout game that had this level of like damage detail and stuff like this. Like, mm. give me Burnout, please. I think Where's that's it? practically a perfect answer. What about where? What's happening with Splinter Cell? Because that is a dormant franchise. Are, have they actually well, confirmed the remake? The remake one? is coming. Is it a remake or is it brand new? It's like a full remake, isn't it? Like a yeah. ground up Resi okay. style remake. Yeah, yeah, it's a remake um, of the first game. Right. I but I quite like Chaos Theory. I love Chaos Theory. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily a reboot. But it's more just the studio. Like I would just like Rockstar to make more games. <laughs> <laughs> Even if like, it's a new happened? table tennis, I'd take it. Yeah. I love Rockstar table Just tennis. Just like those those not top tier Rockstar games. Like, you know, still big games, but like L.A. Noir and Bully. Like, like basically, I don't just want every seven years a GTA or a Red Dead. I want, I want more from them because they are so good. <laughs> like, um, I think there's so much financial pressure on that studio Absolutely. that yeah. it basically keeps that take two yeah i mean i understand like, along. If, if they release a gta like every seven years that's going to make more money than most games combined in seven years will make yeah <laughs> so yeah but yeah yeah let us know what what do you want to come back and also your favorite cake i've decided for some reason what um is, what's your favorite cake Cardi? Oh god, it's put me on the spot. Um, well, it feels like you've been thinking about it for a while. And we can't just strictly cake, or we branch out to more like pudding-based oh, cake. Stuff. Well, you cake, said cake, like a yes. full cake. It's prob- I do like a coffee and walnut cake. Oh, I love a coffee and walnut. Um, there's not. I'm going to ask you. There's not many cakes I don't like. A controversial one is I really don't like lemon drizzle. Oh, yeah. really don't like it. No. It's no, it's not for me. I'm not a huge carrot cake for. I'll eat oh, carrot, I like cake, carrot cake. But it's not a top choice. Um, I'm. I'm torn. I'm torn between carrot cake and uh, you have had chocolate Guinness cake. I've not had Guinness in a cake. Good lord, get some of that! (laughs) It's like just super chocolate cake. Evil. I do just like a a traditional Victoria sponge with lots of cream with fresh cream. Yes. Oh man, that sounds nice. Do you want a cream cake now? Should we get cream cakes? (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I've had my windows closed, my fan off in this room. It's very hot. I'm, yeah, I'm losing it. I'm, the, I'm sweating out. <laughs> Try the not madness. to pass out before the end of the podcast. Yeah, I'm going. Um, right, this is a long one anyway. But God, was it good? You oh, know what I mean? Absolute oh. joy. Um, what Seven music are we having? Too much um, have they? Re- oh, well, oh I'll put the Starfield music in. 
They've got that on Spotify. Have they actually released it? Good. Okay, yeah. yeah. We'll definitely get some Starfield music in. Love that Absolutely. Song. That's enough chat for one week, I'm sure you'd Absolutely. agree, Al. Absolutely. Yep. Get okay. me out of here. Lovely. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. That's the last bit of chat he's doing for the week. <laughs> I've spent... <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.